Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander and you're listening to a brand new episode of Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. In today's episode, you will have a chance to hear how to think like a marketer to create a job-winning executive resume with our guest, Ivy Exec's Senior Career Advisor Team. In this episode, we'll discuss how to use your resume as a marketing tool, how to make your resume relevant by targeting your audience, and what are the things you don't want to do with your resume. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Um, we are very excited to uh, change the way in which you think about your resume today and just um, help you um, embrace some marketing uh, tactics and tricks to improve your own resume and therefore your job search. Um, so let's get going right away. This is our roadmap for today. Um, first, we will introduce a topic, then um, I'll tell you a little bit more about the resume appearance, what you should go for, what's the right format for you. Then we will talk about content. Um, then also what you should not do with your resume. So let's get going. First of all, what really is your resume? What's the purpose of it? Let's Let's think about that for a second. The purpose of your resume is for you to get an interview, not necessarily to land a position, but to first just overcome that first um, obstacle and get an interview. The job of your resume is not for, for you to kind of tell your entire life story. It's not a biography. It's also not a summary of everything that you've done in the past 20 years. I feel like a lot of people put too much pressure on, on their resume and think that everything has to be included there or else they're not, they're not fully um, selling themselves. That's wrong. Your resume really is just a marketing tool and you should think about it from that perspective. You're trying to sell your product and your product is the qualifications that you have, the skills that you have. So uh, that message in, in which you communicate what you can offer is going to be communicated through that marketing tool, through your resume. So it's important for you to understand the audience that you're sending this sales pitch to. Um, it's important that you understand the audience that you're um, that you are not kind of applying uh, for, for every position that, that you see online. And it's important that you tweak your resume based on different needs of different industries, positions, um, and even organizations. And we'll talk about that and how you can do that. So overall, just like a good marketer, you need to understand your audience, you need to tweak your product, and you need to uh, send a powerful message. So overall, your resume is a marketing tool, and that's how you should think about it. Now, every resume needs to have three things. It, it should be relevant, concise, and powerful. I can't stress this enough, enough, so just remember, it should be relevant, concise, and powerful. What does that mean? Relevant, first of all. It means that your resume is actually speaking to your audience. It means that you're not uh, applying for a branding position uh, while having a marketing um, headline 
um, on your resume or title, and we'll talk more about that, that you're not pitching yourself as a communication expert while applying for a position that's not aligned with that pitch. So relevancy is the key. And for that, again, you need to understand um, the position that you're applying for, and you have to spend some time tweaking your resume or else you're going to miss that sweet spot. Um, also, your resume has to be concise. You don't want to put, again, too much pressure on it and treat it like um, like a biography and end up with a five-pager that, that no one is going to read, right? So it has to be concise, and you don't want to go over a certain limit. Um, what people often do, they say, well, if I don't put this here, I feel like I'm just not giving myself enough credit. And it's a, for example, certification that they got 25 years ago. And I always tell them, well, that's not the main point. That's not the main selling point for you at this moment of time. And by making your resume worthy, you're actually um, not allowing us to get to that main message um, right away. And that makes the reading experience rather um, rather difficult. So basically, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice there. Also, your resume has to be powerful. Don't forget that. It's not just about your qualifications. It's not just about you explaining what you've done. It's also about you really going kind of out of your way to uh, put up front your actual achievements. And people often forget about this. Uh, when I talk to clients, they often tell me, well, Angela, I can't, I, I feel like I'm just bragging too much. This is just, uh, th that's not me. I don't like to show off. And that's fine. I do understand that, of course. But even with, with that mindset, your resume um, has to be powerful. You do have to um, have those results or else you simply will sound like you're underselling yourself. And um, then your resume wouldn't be doing the job, it, its job, which of course you don't want. Um, and what do I mean by that? Well, um, when we read, when we, when we open a resume, right, we are there um, to see what you can bring to the table and what you can do for us. And, and if you're not um, kind of showing off and if you're not uh, bragging about your past achievements, then we have nothing to go off of. Then we can't predict what you can do in the future. So don't um, don't don't uh, don't be shy. Don't be shy and um, tell us about your specific achievements and make your resume powerful. Um, all right. Now I want to kind of give you some time and help you um, define your target audience. Once you do this, it's going to be a lot easier for you to create a good resume um, that you'll be able to tweak easily with only spending a few minutes of, um, of your time on it versus you know hours, which um, is what some people do. So you probably have your old resume sitting somewhere and you're just waiting for, um, uh, you're just kind of waiting to update it. But before you get into that, before you start adding your new achievements and, and uh, new qualifications and skills that you've acquired, please take some time to define your target audience. And we're going to um, help you do that. Um, I want to kind of um, give you some time to go through this workshop and you can um, take a, a piece of paper and a pen and, and write some things down. First of all, I can't, again, I cannot stress this enough. It's very important for you to understand 
what is it that you want to do next in your career? If you don't have a clear goal, your resume is going to show that. And it's going to be very vague and unclear. And that's never a good, um, that's never a good signal for, for the recruiters. Um, so first, what you want to do is you want to define your ideal title. Uh, it can be one, two, or three, but you don't want to have more than three of them. Then your job search is just is 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 going to become too um, scattered. From my experience, that never works, and that tends to um, take longer. So define up to three ideal positions that you would apply for let's say, uh, director of marketing and communications or director of marketing and branding or a branding manager, whatever it is, you want to have three well-defined positions. And then you want to have three different resumes corresponding to that main brand of yours, right? Um, in every resume, out of those three would have a slightly different pitch because then your target audience is slightly different. But it all starts with a clearly defined goal that you have in mind and a clearly defined title. Then next step is the industry. You have to understand what's the industry that you want to get into. Um, again, write down up to three industries that you want to um, get into. And then you want to do some thinking in, in some kind of um, some some self-searching um, in a way. It's important that you understand why is it that you want to get into this industry. Are you really qualified? Are you really knowledgeable? Um, is that industry new and exciting? Do you know people in that industry? Do you understand their lingo? Every industry has um, its own specifics, and I'm sure that you guys understand that. And that will have to be included in your resume. Um, your buzzwords will have to be different. Um, your your um, technical skills might need to be um, emphasized more so or, or not that much, depending on, on your target industry. So again, write three of these industries down and then go from there. Um, so now you have your three ideal titles, three industries that you want to get into. And um, our third piece of, of workshop here would be for you to define the type of organization that you want to be a part, a part of. So now we're going even deeper. Um, what really is the ideal, um, the ideal environment that you think you would thrive in? Is it an international uh, corporation, a well-established company? Um, is it a new, exciting startup? Is it a local family-owned company? What is it? Um, all of these organizations would have different objectives, and therefore your narrative will have to be different to speak to that um, organization and their needs. Um, so define that and um, let that message be um, obvious and, and um, uh, well-established throughout your resume and throughout your pitch. And we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, also, and this is something that you sometimes can do, sometimes you just cannot, but in the ideal word, world, you would try to figure out who will be reading your resume? Who's that person? Who's that first point of contact in the company that you're trying to get into? Is it 
Um, is it an HR person? Is it a person with um, some technical background? Is it your future boss who you will be directly reporting to or all of them? Um, again, sometimes you just can't figure this out, but if you can try to um, tweak your message according to that and their level of knowledge of what you do. Sometimes you have to make things a little bit less technical if it's not a person with a technical background who will be reading um, your resume at that first um, stage of um, um, applying for, for that position. Um, for you to get this information, it will be ideal um, for you to spend some time networking and asking people within that organization um, some, some questions and, and try to kind of poke some holes. All right, so I hope you wrote some things down and I hope that you have that little start um, and that you use that information before you um, start going back to your old resume and editing it. Um, now I want to spend some time sharing um, some stats with you. And this is important simply because it covers a lot of a lot of general knowledge that people often overlook. Um, first of all, the ideal length of a resume. I get uh, this question probably every day, how long should my resume be? And the answer to the question really is, it depends. It depends on, again, your industry, your position, your level of experience, all those different things. But for an executive, the general idea length would be anywhere between 475 to 600 words, or in other words, two pages. So if you are an executive, if you have more than 10 years of professional experience, you would want to go for a two-pager. But if you have less than 10 years of professional experience, the rule of thumb is to have a one-pager, so you have less wiggle room. Um, and if you're applying for certain industries, if you're applying for, for the government sector, for example, or academia, then you would want to have a CV, which would be longer. You, you have more room to um, explain um, certain things, and Anastasia will tell you more about that um, more towards the end of our presentation. But then you can have a four-page long resume. But still, for the for-profit sector, for an executive, in most cases, you would want to have a two-pager. If you want to make sure that you know what your ideal length is, you um, want to schedule a consultation with us, and then we would um, be able to tell you specifically, yes, John, your resume is, is right, uh, right on, or it's slightly too long, or mm, you probably would want to um, cut some things um, off. But either way, I, I do recommend that you uh, take advantage of, of um, that and that you schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with um, us. Um, also, speaking of that ideal length, 77% of um, applicants fall short on that ideal length, which is just mind-blowing. Uh, but that means that most resumes are too lengthy, uh, too wordy, difficult to read, and that's not what you want. Also, half of the resumes have irrelevant buzzwords, cliches, or wrong pronouns used. That's definitely not what you want. That just um, shows a lack of attention to detail. It's, it's a red flag to a lot of recruiters. So be very careful with that. And that's why I keep saying you have to understand your audience to be able to um, avoid uh, including those irrelevant buzzwords. Now, I want to spend some time talking about that 
applicant tracking system, the ATS that you guys probably have heard of or, or um, know about by now. ATS really, the applicant tracking system, is a system that uh, checks for your buzzwords, it checks for your um, key skills before your resume ever gets in front of a human being. So really, it's kind of like a search engine of the resume world. Uh, if, your, if your product, if your tool, your marketing tool uh, doesn't have those um, buzzwords, it's never going to be seen. And people often tell me, well, I'm perfectly qualified for every position I apply for. Um, I know that for a fact. Um, I have all the requirements they listed, um, but I never hear back from anyone. And in most cases, the reason for that is that you have uh, irrelevant buzzwords so that no one is ever actually reading your resume and going over it. Um, so that's why your message is not really being um, seen, read, or understood properly. You can be as qualified as you want, but if, if no one is reading your resume, then what's the use of that, right? So that's why um, really putting yourself in the shoes of a marketer who has to optimize their resume for, for that search engine or in this world, the ATS system, um, you, have to, you have to tweak your resume. Now, in 75% of um, cases, resumes get rejected by, by DATS. So only 25% of resumes that um, are sent out um, will actually get in front of um, the HR person or whoever um, is reading there, the, the, the recruiter, whoever it might be. It depends on the company. Only 25%. Just think about that. Um, also, um, for an executive especially, it's super important that you have a professionally crafted resume. And Anastasia and I, we always talk about that. It's not just something that is nice to have. It's not, we don't say that because it's fancy. We don't say that because, uh, because it's the standard. But in reality, having a professionally done resume saves you a lot of time and it cuts um, it cuts the time that you will spend searching for a job and applying for a job tremendously. Uh, almost 70% of people who have a professionally crafted resume will find a job within 90 days of the start of their job search. In most cases, executives spend six months looking for a job. So this definitely shows how important it is to um, to spend some time working with a professional and um, and getting those buzzwords right, um, getting that message right, targeting your audience correctly, and all of those things. All right. Um, now some more stats for you. 54% of applicants do not tailor their resumes. And this is a red flag um, for recruiters. Why? Because it makes you seem like you're not really serious about your application, like you don't really want that that specific position, like you're probably just sending your resume out for this role, just like you're sending, um, sending it for dozens of other positions. So uh, it's just not a good look. And um, again, once you tailor your resume, it um, your, your entire application um, looks a lot more um, serious, advanced, and it's uh, well appreciated by those on the receiving end. Um, also, 34% of hiring managers 
pass over those resumes with little to no measurable results. And this is why I said for your resume to be powerful is very important because if you're not kind of shoving those results, um, those, those metrics in our face, it's not going to look powerful enough. And a lot of um, hiring managers just don't want to deal with any of that. Um, another thing that, that is often seen on resumes is the use of personal pronouns. Uh, people would refer to themselves in third person or they would um, speak from the first person. And that's not what you want for your resume. You can do that on LinkedIn. You definitely want to use the I approach on LinkedIn. You want to be more personable, but um, for your resume content, you want to go with that neutral, um, neutral grammatical form where you would just say, um, well, experienced uh, technical expert with 15 plus years of expertise working in X and Y. That would um, that would be an example of of that. But you definitely don't want to say, um, for example, from for me, I wouldn't ever say Angela is a branding and resume expert with five plus years of blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not what you want. It's just not a good look. And 55% of those resumes get negative hit just simply because of that. Another huge thing to avoid is having a career objective. This was a big thing back in um, 2012, for example, but today we don't want to uh, see those objectives. Um, just that one section um, has, simply because of that one section on, on resumes, um, resumes with that get a 30% um, negative impact negative hit um, because what the career objective does, it puts the emphasis on what you want rather than what you can do for your future employer. So career objective is very um, old. You don't want to have that. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a bad look. And instead of having a career objective, you rather want to have um, an intro pitch a summary and Anastasia will tell you more about that and how you can create a good one. Now let's talk about a general layout. Another very common question, is, is this format that I'm using too old? Is it not fresh enough? Is it not modern enough? And in reality, you don't want to necessarily go with something that looks extremely modern. You rather want to go with something that's easy to read and easy to navigate because I don't want to be spending time navigating your sections and trying to figure out where you put your, your core competencies uh, with this crazy layout that you're using. I rather want to get straight to your content um, and, and straight to your qualifications. So don't get obsessed with, with, with logos, with crazy formats, with colors, with making your resume um, to uh, too colorful, colorful, or um, you know, sometimes people tell you, "Well, your resume has to um, stand out; it has to pop." It really doesn't. Uh, it should be readable and um, easy to navigate. So, this is the layout, generally speaking, that you want to go with: um, simple, black and white, um, linear, with certain sections um, that every executive resume should have. Now, depending on your level of proficiency and, and um, your industry and other things, um, these sections can vary. But generally speaking, this is the layout that you want to go for. Um, you can use 
color, but in moderation only, and you want to be smart with it. Uh, blue and orange, uh, for example, are good colors to go with, but you would only put your name in blue or or orange or green sometimes, um, or some of your past um, titles that you held, definitely not the entire um, the entire text. So just be very, very um, smart and careful with it. Also, you can uh, bold certain things um, if you want them to pop a little bit. Um, for example, some of your key achievements, um, some powerful numbers, that you want to stand out, you can put those in bold. But again, don't go overboard, use your best judgment. You don't want things to be crazy looking and too hard on the eyes. Um, all right, now let's talk about those sections. Um, there are simply certain sections that you need to have on your resume as an executive. Um, and depending again on, on um, different things and where in your career you are currently, these would, um, these would be different or, or the order of them would be different. But generally speaking, you would first have um, your name, your contact information, and then you would have a title. Um, this is something that a lot of people forget, just a very simple title, a, a, a super important part of your brand. Um, then you would have that executive summary instead of that old objective. Um, then you would get into your areas of expertise, which are your keywords, your buzzwords, and then you would have your professional experience, and this would take up most of your resume. Um, now, after that, you would get into your education, and then lastly, if you have enough room, you would have your additional information. Um, that would be all from me for um, today. I would invite you to um, ask us questions. We'll, gonna, uh, we'll um, have around 15 or so minutes uh, for um, the Q&A session at, at the end of um, this presentation. But for now, I will hand it off to Anastasia. Hi, everyone. So um, today we want to make you think differently of resumes. And I will cover um, the entire content of it. Um, so right from the top, you want to show us your brand. And you will do that by giving yourself a title. Now, that title doesn't have to be your current position. It doesn't have to be your most recent role. People usually think that's the case. So it doesn't have to be that. You want to create your title with your future goals in mind, and you want to show us your expertise and your specialty with the title. So something that you don't want to do here, you don't want to be too vague, for example, um, we have um, this um, title on the slide that says financial services and real estate professional. So based on that title, we wouldn't really be sure what this person does. Are they trying to find a role in financial services or real estate? What do they do in financial services? Where is their expertise? So you want to avoid doing that even if you have different expertise in finance and different in real estate, you don't want to merge the two for the title. And something that you also don't want to do, you don't want to have multiple different titles because then we would be confused. For example, um, here on the slide again, we have startup executive, senior banking associate operations officer. 
So once this person applies and we take a look at the resume, we're not really sure where to put them. Uh, are they in banking? Are they an operations officer? Are they currently executive in a startup? We're not really sure. And you don't want to leave your audience confused. You want them to know exactly what you are, who you are as a professional and where your expertise lies. So in order to do that, as I mentioned, you would create a title that would have your future goals in mind. If you're applying for a strategic marketing and communications role, this would be a good example. You can use the phrase leader. You can also um, use phrases such as professional, expert, specialist. You can also, of course, call yourself a VP of marketing, for example, or a chief executive officer. Those aren't um, uh, they are allowed, uh, but when you create a title and you're perhaps trying to level up or you're trying to change industries, you're trying to make a change in your career, then you would definitely use phrases such as expert, specialist, or professional to avoid putting yourself in any particular hierarchy level here, but simply having a title that would brand you. So that's what you would do. That would be the first thing that we see. And then, of course, right after that, we would see your executive summary. And the name does say summary. So most people tend to summarize their career, their expertise. Uh, people also tend to show us their personality here a couple of their soft skills, they, they tend to focus on that. And you definitely don't want to focus on that. You can show us a bit of your personality here and there, but your summary should essentially tell us why should we hire you. So this is your elevator pitch, and this is where you want to impress anyone who is reading your resume, whether it's a hiring manager or a recruiter. Once they read the summary, they should fully understand what it is that you could do for them if they hired you. What do you bring to the table? So in order to do that, you would avoid um, mentioning some of the skills um, at, that we can see on the slide here, and you would rather focus on showing us some numbers. So on the next slide, we have a very impactful executive summary because we can see the number of years of experience they have. We can see how big is the team that they can lead? What is the size of the budget that they can manage, perhaps? Those are very important, of course, for any executive um, role. We want to see that. We also want to see, for example, the value of a particular project that you were responsible for, if, if that is something that would be very important for the role, of course. Um, you can also give us the combined value of projects if you have that number. And if you have some insight, which would, of course, um, be very helpful if you have been networking and you know what is their challenge, what are they trying to achieve with this role that they're hiring for. If you know that and you know that you can do that for them, please mention that in the summary. You can bring up any achievements uh, that happened five years ago, 10 years ago. If that is exactly what they're looking for, you want to match that. You want to make sure that they know that you're a good match just by reading the very top, just by seeing your summary. So this summary is very important. 
As we all know, hiring managers and recruiters tend to spend less than 10 seconds on, on a resume. So they will always take a look at your title. They will always read your summary, um, browse through your skills and see what it is that you're doing right now or what is your most recent role. So this summary is your key selling point for the first screening. It's very, very important. And uh, people have um, challenges with, with coming up with an impactful summary. So again, if you want some help from us, uh, feel free to, to schedule a call and then we will uh, help you um, create that for, for your resume. All right, so after that important summary, we would see your skills, your areas of expertise. And this section of the resume is important for two different reasons. Um, the first one would be the ATS that Angela mentioned previously. If you're applying online, the ATS will look for all of those keywords that you can see in a job posting. What are the key skills that they're mentioning there? What are some of the key words that you can see there? Those would be the words that the ATS will look for in your resume. And if it doesn't find those words, it will deem your resume unqualified even if you have the qualifications needed, but you simply don't have those keywords. So that would be the first reason. And the second reason, of course, when someone is quickly reading through, quickly browsing through, you want them to see right away that you're a good match. So having those skills that are required for a role uh, really helps uh, when a hiring manager or recruiter is quickly browsing through for that first um, screening. And that is why you always want to customize this section of your resume. Your title can be customized, your summary can be customized, but I really urge you to customize this each and every time. You always want to know what are the key skills that they're looking for. And you always, well, not always, but whenever you apply online, you want to use their exact wording because that would be uh, what you want to present here in order for the ATS to find it. And here you would have some three or four columns. Those columns can have up to five bullet points each. And all of those bullet points would be fairly concise, fairly short. So you would have two to three word phrases. You wouldn't have entire sentences explaining your skills. You definitely want to avoid that. And if you can, you wouldn't mention two or three skills in one bullet point. Please don't do that. So having a skill per bullet point is the way to go for the readability, of course. And here you would focus mostly on your hard skills. That is what we mostly care about. You can mention a couple of soft skills here as well. And then perhaps if a technical skill is very important and required for a role for some of those executives in IT, you can mention that skill here as well. So that is how you would craft this, um, this section. And then right after that, we would start with your professional experience. So this is where you can stop customizing as much. This part of the resume would look fairly similar for your different applications. And when you think of your professional experience, you want to think 
of it as your product because this is what you're selling. You're basically selling yourself and you're selling your achievements, your results, and your awards. So everything that is unique about you is what we want to see here. And in order to do that, you wouldn't use any bullet points here to show us your responsibilities. That is not what we care about. If you're perhaps applying for a VP of marketing role, a lot of people that will apply for the same role will have similar responsibilities to yours but they might not have worked in the same environment. They might not have the same achievements and they perhaps weren't as successful in the role as you were. So avoid wasting any space on the resume listing out your responsibilities, but rather focus on your quantified results, quantified achievements. That is what we care about. And the first thing that you would have for each of your roles would be a very short introduction. And that introduction would be two, three lines long, not longer than that. And it would show us what it is that you are overall responsible for. What is the size of the team that you manage or work with? What is the size of the budget that you manage perhaps? And who do you directly report to? So what is the level that you report to? We would see that first for each of your roles. And then after that, for your most recent role, you would have some five to six bullet points with your quantified results. Um, and Angela, I think if you click one more time, we will see some good examples uh, here, right? So those would be some great examples of how you can create your bullet points. You can focus on different things depending on, on the role, of course, uh, depending on your overall experience industry. Um, but some of the good um, um, examples would be if your work resulted in generating revenue, reducing costs, improving profitability by a percentage, hiring and training a number of people for your own team or for a project, uh, reducing time needed for a task, improving overall efficiency of the company. All of those work. We want to see uh, all of those here. And even if your um, role isn't directly linked to profitability. Something that you can do, um, as we can see uh, here on the slide, um, would be to show us some other numbers. So, for example, we can see launch the pioneering Levi-funded executive MBA in partnership with Grant Thornton in 2017, resulting in a drastic increase in students from 30 to 200 plus within one year. So this is an ideal bullet point in my mind because we can see what this person did, what did that result in, and what was the time frame for that achievement, for that result. So if there ever was a formula for um, a bullet point in your resume, that would be it. That is how you want to try to create all of your bullet points throughout the resume. And that would make all the difference in, in your job search. Trust me, if you focused on that. So 
for your most recent, your current role, you would have some five to six uh, bullet points. And then as we go back in time, you would cut back, you would have three to four for some of the previous roles. And perhaps if there are some early career roles that you have bullet, point, bullet points for at this moment, perhaps you want to think about reducing those, especially if you're now at the VP level applying for a senior VP uh, role perhaps, and you have some entry-level roles that really won't help you get that next role. Everything that we see on your resume should have that goal, helping you reach your uh, target role, helping you get the interview, helping you um, get that going through that first step. So each word on the resume should do that. And if you have half a page of your resume dedicated to some early career roles that wouldn't be as important or as impressive at this moment that you're an executive, you can simply give us a list. So you could simply say previous roles include, and then you can give us a bulleted list that would have the name of the position, the name of the organization and the years, or if you're worried about ageism, you don't even need to include the years for some of those roles that perhaps happened 15, 20, um, 20 years ago. So that is how you would um, create your professional experience section, the biggest chunk of the resume. And then after that, we would see your education and certifications. So for your education section, the only thing that we need essentially would be the name of your degree, the name of your university, and a year of graduation. Again, if you're worried about ageism, if you graduated more than 20 years ago, you don't have to include the year, um, but that is something that can be included here. What we don't want to see, we don't want to see any of your coursework here if your MBA hasn't um, hasn't uh, happened one year ago, but 15 or more years ago. Uh, we don't want to see your GPA here. It simply wouldn't be as impressive now that you reached a certain level um, as it was when you first graduated. So you don't need to share that. And you don't need to share any additional information about your education here. You can do that on LinkedIn. You can, of course, mention it in the interview if you believe that it's very impressive but you don't have to have it here. And we would definitely see your degrees first. We want to see your degrees first. And then after that, if there are certification, additional training and education that you have, that is again, relevant and required for the role that you're applying for, then you want to give us those as well. So certification would be after, even if it happened more recently. And this is where you really want to think about, will this help me get that interview? Will this help me get that next role? Is this something that is very important for this role? If the answer is no, then you don't need to give us uh, those certifications, especially a lot of the executives that I talk to have 20, 30 different uh, certifications. And of course, um, they are important, but your resume as we already mentioned, is a marketing tool. It has one goal, to, to help you get your job, your next role. So it doesn't have to have everything that you've done. 
Again, you can add those on LinkedIn. You can even expand there. LinkedIn has a lot more room because you don't have two pages uh, there. But here, only include the certification and any additional education if it's relevant and required for the roles that you're applying for. All right. So after that, if you have some room left on your two-pager, you, you can add potentially uh, this section. So we call it additional relevant information. It can be called other information, whatever you prefer. And usually we have a couple of different bullet points here that are focused on different things. So if there are any professional affiliations or accreditations that are important that you want to mention, you can have a bullet point for that. If there are volunteering activities, um, community service that you're currently involved in that you really care about, you can mention those. If you speak more than one language, you want to have a bullet point for your languages and you want to show us the level of knowledge here. And you don't have to be exact. You don't have to give us um, A1, B1, um, and so on, but you could simply use beginner, intermediate, advanced, fluent. Um, so those would be um, usually what we want to see here. And then finally, potentially, you can also give us some of your hobbies or interests. And you do want to keep it professional here, of course. Perhaps you wouldn't mention some of your favorite Netflix shows. Um, and I know I, I like to watch Netflix. Uh, but you would rather focus on some, some of your other hobbies, some of your other interests. And this isn't necessary, of course, but sometimes it can help. I did talk to, um, well, a couple of clients that mentioned that the only reason they got an interview was because the hiring manager had the same hobby and they really wanted to, to talk to them and to uh, see perhaps this person is a good fit because then we can go and play tennis together uh, once we start working. Um, so that can be, that can happen, have, have that in mind. Um, now, as we already mentioned, your resume appearance really um, depends on what you're applying for. So if you're applying for a role in academia or government, then in your additional um, information section, you can also have a couple of different bullet points that we didn't um, put on the slide here. You could have one for your publications and you do want to be concise here. You can simply give us the number of publications that you have and the general team, perhaps the general subject um, for them. One for your seminars, workshops, um, um, any, any hosts, presentations. So you can mention them briefly, but I would still urge you to have a separate document with all of the details um, for, for those rather than including them all here because sometimes people um, can get up to, well, once I saw 28 page uh, resume. So please, please don't do that. Um, all right, so that is it on the content of your resume. And now we will summarize um, something, some things that we already mentioned, and that is what not to do um, with your resume. So starting from the top, 
you give us your contact information. Here, you don't want to give us your full home address. It simply isn't necessary. Giving us your city, state, zip code would be sufficient. If you're outside of the US, city, country, zip code, again, sufficient. And perhaps you don't want everyone to, to know where you, where you live. Um, second thing that you don't want to have here would, of course, be your objective. It will make you seem outdated and irrelevant, and that's what no executive wants, of course. So avoid having that. Um, you don't want to overly focus on showing us your personality and your soft skills. And of course, we all care who we work with. We all want them to be uh, pleasant people that can work under pressure and work with teams. But you don't want to um, put an emphasis on that in your resume. You rather want to share that through networking, um, sharing content on LinkedIn, through interviewing, uh, but simply don't do that on the resume as much. Um, of course, already mentioned, don't use the I approach. It will make your resume much cleaner, more professional looking, and more concise if you start each of your sentences with a verb or a noun rather than, rather than starting with, I did this, I did that, I am here and there. So avoid that. And then we have some phrases that we see a lot of um, and that we want to urge you to stop having, if, if, you, if you had them in the past, to stop having them on your resume because they are overused nowadays and hiring managers and recruiters really aren't a fan of, of any of those that I will uh, share with you now. So demonstrated success in proven results, successful, results-oriented, results-driven, detail-oriented, that's a, that's a big one, <laughs> excellent communication skills, excellent written skills, no need to mention those, team player responsible for, again, we don't really want to see your responsibilities, duties included, uh, no need for that. And one final thing that people still tend to have in their resumes would be recommendations or referrals, or even simply saying referrals are available upon request. Mm -hmm.